Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Daily Friend Wrap, where we wrap up the news of the day. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and I'm joined today by Sarah Gon. So, without any further ado, let's get into the news stories of today. Uh, and this is one about a project that is being funded by the World Bank. The World Bank Group has funded an effort to increase train access to Majuba Power Plant, which is a big coal-burning power plant um, uh, east of Joburg, near Ermelo. Uh, and this project has been ongoing since at least... Uh, uh, for for a couple of years, um, and was almost at completion in, uh, uh, in in 2021. However, things seem to have gone backwards due to theft. The railway itself is actually being stolen. It was 97.5% finished, but due to eight separate incidents of theft, um, mostly linked to copper cable theft, but also to stealing of the railways, the project is now only 87% complete. And there is speculation from people in intelligence that it's not just thieves behind this. It is, in fact, also the sort of coal mafia who want to continue using trucks to carry coal to the coal power plant rather than using the much more efficient, cheaper train system. Uh, Sarah, uh, we were talking before the show, this really seems to be a kind of encapsulation of the mafiaization of South Africa, where increasingly every single project in the country, whether it's in government, whether it's in the private sector, is being dominated or held back uh, by mafias, um, which are just seeking to extract as much uh, rent as they can from this. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is. I think it's it's ESCOM. Yeah. It's linked to ESCOM. It's uh, it's Transnet. It's the fact that the coal the coal fields of that part of the, the part of South Africa are the most taken over, if I can put it that way, uh, by uh, by a mafia entity uh, that is. You know, undermining ESCOM, and it also looks, judging by the uh, time when this started to happen, that as with much of Transnet, the security um, contract ended in late 2019. COVID came in, no one was appointed, and the th- thieves moved in, and then they became the mafia. And so, I would not be at all surprised if it is mafia, and I would not be surprised if uh, there are a number of uh, politicians involved involved in this, and I think from the West point of view, maybe they can be relieved that our our um, friendship is with Russia because. You know, <laughs> no yeah, I, I, it's 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 even it's more embarrassing, I think, for government that this is a foreign funded project, you know, being given money from the World Bank Group. Uh, but it it really does kind of speak to the sort of quintessential problem with ESCOM, which is until you've untangled the politics, the politicians, the political networks from the mafias, um, you're really not going to get any changes to ESCOM. It's going to stay exactly the same. It is because it's in too many people's interests for it to remain dysfunctional. And I know there's this idea, which actually was even promoted by former CEO, Andre Dureta, that uh, a move to renewables will somehow kind of weaken the mafias because uh, what is it that Dureta said? You can't steal the wind and the sun. Um, I think that he underestimates the innovation capacities of South Africa's <laughs> ESCOM mafias. I suspect that uh, until we tackle the, the 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 political linkages here, the policies of cadre deployment, preferential procurement, and until we reform the police, we're just not going to see any progress on ESCOM. Um, it's going to have to be the private sector that steps up where it can to provide electricity where it can. 
Yeah. No, I, th I think the I think the reality is that uh, if there if there is a sort of political involvement that one suspects, and if you get your groups with get your groups with that and make that public knowledge, then you you may start to unravel provided you've got the other systems in place. But as long as it exists, those those vested interests are going to be are going to hold on to it very, very tight. Coal was obviously a, a very highly desired as is copper cable. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to our next story. This is uh, a ruling today in the High Court where the Minister of Home Affairs, Aaron Mozzoletti, has lost his case regarding the Zimbabwe ex Zimbabwean exemption permit, or ZEP for short. Uh, the, the the minister has since 2021 expressed a desire to get rid of ZEP. This was part of government's increasingly um, sort of anti-immigration, anti-foreigner rhetoric that seems to have ramped up in the past couple of years. Uh, and a number of organizations, including the Helen Sisman Foundation and the Zimbabwe Immigration Federation, took the minister to court saying that um, he had not followed proper procedure to get rid of ZEP, that this was going to throw a huge number of people's lives into chaos. The minister had already been forced to extend twice um, the deadline for the ending of ZEP. It was supposed to end at the beginning of this year. It then was extended to um, June, and then it's been extended again to December. But the High Court ruled that proper, proper public consultation had not been followed in the in the process of getting rid of ZEP, um, and that as a result, even though this may be within the minister's purview um, as a, as a power of his to cancel ZEP, that the way he went about it was unconstitutional and invalid. Uh, on top of this, the court also said that um, uh, anyone who holds a ZEP currently and is essentially a legal immigrant cannot be arrested or deported for now until this issue is resolved. Um, this seems like a pretty big setback, I think, for for the government, which probably I think wanted to go to the next election, being able to say, look, we're you know we're getting rid of the foreigners, we're uh, cracking down on immigration. Of course. This is all a little bit silly because ZEP holders are not illegal immigrants. They are legal immigrants. Uh, sorry, I don't know what your thoughts are on this one. Um, I think, and I thought of, as it was happening, that it was probably being carelessly done <clears throat> without due, you know, due attention to detail. It had, it's been in existence for a very long time. So to suddenly pull it, pull it out from under the people who are entitled to those um, um, to those visas is just, um, it's extraordinary. It, it's also, it, it, it's, it, as you said, it struck one as being sort of populist for the elections, but really unfair to a group of people who otherwise have probably contributed a fair amount to the economy of this country. Um, and it's quite interesting because what you're dealing with is that you're dealing with essentially um, foreign uh, foreigners who, whose treatment has been deemed unconstitutional in terms of the South African constitution. And uh, I think it's quite important for people to know. I mean, they may want all the foreigners gone, but the foreigners are here and they, have the, they will have more or less rights and those rights will be the rights included in the constitution. So, and right. I, I also, I'm not sure who the, the extent of who they're going to have to consult with in order to make it legitimate. So I wonder whether they might not just give up this whole exercise. I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, what's interesting to me is how this is uh, completely uh, would have done nothing to actually stop illegal immigration. I was talking actually to a Zimbabwean recently on who has who's here with a ZEP permit, and he said, "Well, you know, if they cancel ZEP, then people just come here on tourism visas and work illegally." 
Of course. Which, of course. which is what how most illegal immigrants all over the world actually get into countries. Um, so it would have just increased the number of illegal immigrants, and then you would have had people essentially kind of outside the system without some of the checks that you can potentially put on someone like fingerprinting and that kind of stuff that you get through Z. So if you're going to actually try and take control of South Africa's borders, this would have been a completely pointless exercise. It would have been cruel, I think, to a lot of people. Um, and we'll have to see what the minister does. Okay, last story today. And this is actually in the headlines for a lot of uh, big media institutions, but um, I think it's kind of funny, actually. And that is that... Uh, Former uh, uh, ANC, what is he, Secretary General, mm. um, Asa Makashule, who's now been kicked out of the ANC, finally, after <laughs> a very long process, uh, is got all sorts of political plans. He's talking about joining the EFF, although apparently the EFF is not quite sure whether they want to let him in because they think he might just sit around causing problems. Um, I wonder why they got that idea. Uh, <laughs> Or if he's not led into the EFF, then he's going to form his own party and he wants to form his own kind of moonshot pact. Although this is a sort of dark moonshot pact in the sense that it's all parties. He wants to join with parties that were formerly members of the ANC. Uh, so presumably that would be, I don't know, the EFF, uh, the UDM. AIC, the UDM, basically everyone who's not the TA. <laughs> so my take on this is that ACE is such a political non-entity he does have a little a little network of passionate supporters and stuff but now that he's out of political power now that he's nowhere not very useful to anyone i don't think anyone in the country votes for ace makashule um i doubt we will remember his name a year from now do you agree with me sorry well um <laughs> you can call it the dark side of the moonshot um but, uh, which I, I don't think if it happened would last for terribly long um, because everyone would be vying for power and at each other's throats because that, that's the sort of people that a guy like Ace would attract. And I think he's learning exactly he's, – he's the one senior ANC person who has been charged with a crime. and re It relates to the uh, 250 million rand asbestos scandal in the Free State. And what you discover when you're not part of the ruling party which – has access to all these niceties, is that the minute you don't have access and you can't distribute largesse, there goes your power. Yeah, it's very so, cold um, outside the ANC. Very, so, very cold so. out. It's very okay. <laughs> this is um, no, I think uh, maybe it will take a little longer to forget his name. Uh, so I was quite amused by uh, uh, current ANC Secretary General Fakila Mbulula's comments about this. There is no god called Makashule in the ANC. There's no one who is going to kill the ANC, even those who wear party t-shirts saying they are ANC only for them to go and burn those same t-shirts. Once you leave, you will see that people were with the ANC and not with you as an individual. Uh, and the only person who could, I think, claim contrary to that in the country who's in the ANC is probably Soro Ramaphosa, uh, who I think still has significant support himself. But Ace, I think this is probably the end. Yeah. And, and, and Ace doesn't have the sort of winningly weird personality of Fakile Mbalula, who can sometimes be <laughs> funny and just irrational and weird. Ace is, looks, you know, looks a bit of a tough man, but he's in the cold, baby. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's all for today. Uh, you might even say that that's a wrap. And we'll see you tomorrow with the normal Daily Friend show. Cheers, everyone. Have a good day.